Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with versatile composer Richard Williams on the 2022 CD Hollywood Christmas. Even though this is his debut album, he has been around for quite a bit. He is a versatile composer, skilled in a wide spectrum of genres and moods, from epic orchestral to touching piano. He earned his bachelor's degree from Brigham Young University, won two student Emmys at the College TV Awards for his film scores to BYU's animations, and has been quite celebrated over his career so far. Enjoy this Christmas-themed conversation. Thanks for taking some time out today. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into, before we get into holiday or Hollywood Christmas, I want to know, you know, we just kind of went through this tumultuous time of COVID for the last couple of years, and I'm curious how this project factored in to that time of quarantine and all of that, and more importantly, how you survived that period now that we're coming out and you got a holiday album out. Well, this has taken about two years. Um, COVID was hard. I was I was working with the studio here locally before, and it didn't seem to affect them, but eventually it did. Um, so that was hard. I had to like pivot once again. You know, a lot of times you have to pivot in the in the music industry. Since you know I work from home, that was nice. I I was just able to keep composing. So I just uh, had this long term goal and. Uh, had made it made it my little goals, you know, every week, every month, and just kept plugging at it until until it was done, basically. I know that you know in the annals of people's catalogs, Christmas albums always play such a special, important role. What does this album mean for you? Oh yeah, um, so Michael Blay and the Carpenters album, probably my top Christmas albums, and I I love just like so many people, I love Christmas, and you know. Hopefully you can tell in the album, like you have like the fun big band stuff, and then you have some gorgeous orchestral stuff, and and uh, that's the kind of stuff that I appreciate. So I wanted to write more of it, to, you know, to to show more to the world that, that that would be something important to have, you know. Let's go back in your life. What was your favorite Christmas? What was the favorite, maybe a gift or a Christmas that you lived through? Yeah, um, good question. Uh, probably. I don't know, maybe a third grade or so. There's two things that come to mind. One, I asked I asked Santa for a diamond, and I did get a small diamond for Christmas. I was shocked. And uh, another year, we asked for a Mario 3 on Nintendo, and we were so excited when we got it. So, But beyond that, you know, there's the presents, but also just being with family, you know, it's, it's a great time for that as well. And uh, thinking about the purpose of Christmas as well. So you've, I mean, at this point in your life, you've been pretty celebrated with awards and, and great things that have happened. And I'm curious how this journey began for you. Did you always dream as a kid that you were going to grow up doing this? No, no. in sixth grade, I, I tried composing back in 96, um, but there was no software like there is today. So I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, like, keep track of my thoughts or write them down or didn't know any theory or any of that. It was after uh, I came back from my LDS mission around 2007 that I uh, realized how much I appreciate music. And and I found that there's this program called Logic, which allows you to like play on the, play in the piano, record it, and then go back and edit it. And, I, and after that, I was like, wait, I might have a chance. This is what I needed the whole time. So, I uh, yeah, that's when I started uh, going for it, basically. Talk to me a little bit about, I know that you uh, you went to BYU and, and, you know, you've done a lot of work with, you got two student Emmys, you've done yeah. a lot of work with 
you know, Hollywood and, you know, TV and film. Talk to me a little bit about wh- how people may have heard you, but they don't know that it's your work. Well, I mean, I'm like I'm on Spotify, I'm on YouTube. I have a band called Trend that also uh, has written a lot of great music on YouTube that kind of went viral for a little bit. So, I mean, like I wrote like an hour-long uh, um, <clears throat> relaxing piano album, an hour-long, I think it's an hour-long Christmas piano album. But yeah, there's there's mu- there's a plenty of music out there. Who have been inspirations for you when you know when you were really getting into you know singing and composing and all that? Who have been inspirations for you? Yes, uh, Thomas Bergeson from Two Steps from Hell. He's orchestral epic, uh, but he also does beautiful orchestral arrangements. He's probably my top right now. Uh, John Williams, historically, you know, growing up, I loved his arrangements. I I love uh, the earlier works of Hans Zimmer, like from Lion King and Pirates of the Caribbean and Gladiator. And, um, and like I said, some of the arrangements from Mike Wubley's Christmas album, uh, Chris Walden did a marvelous job, and uh, the, the Carpenters as well. What was the first live show that you saw, probably more specifically jazz-oriented, or, or otherwise, that really blew your mind, that really inspired you and made you think that would be something you would like to do in your life? As a composer? Yeah, as a composer, yeah. Let me think. I, honestly, I didn't really go to many live shows growing up, but I but I have I do have a memory of like in middle school again when I was when I was kind of inspired to compose. I would listen to my dad's classical CDs like Mozart or Beethoven, and I would I would like phantom com, uh, conduct with the speaker, and it was a little embarrassing, but but I was really into it. Um, so that was I guess that was like my first mini concert, you could say. So what is it that you like the most about what you do? Every day you wake up, you get to create. What What is the most satisfying part of what you do for a living? Well, I think it's, uh, well, as a musician, you know, it's it's uh, it's more on the business side than I would say the music side, unless you're very blessed to be able to create all the time. Um, so when I do get to create, um, I appreciate the ability to like, I mean, like I could sit down at a piano, I could just start making up stuff because I've, I've done that for so long. Um, and so it, it's, it's kind of fun. It's just like you're creating as you're going. If, that, if you can imagine that. And same with when you add like the orchestral part, you know, I can pull up on the computer some strings so I could hear some strings as I play on the keyboard. And it's just fun to, to be able to like try new things out and, and you get, you get surprised with ideas that you didn't, necessarily try to make they just come if that makes sense so i guess sure and then and then you know if you ever get you know sometimes i get the goosebumps because i hear something and i call like, oh, that that's gonna be great like like in in this album first track about somewhere in the middle right before the sax solely happens like wayne bergeron does this like triple run up to a triple c and, and i was thinking of that and i was like you know thinking of him specifically because i know he could do it and and that's one of, like one of my favorite parts of the of the album so if you could get into a time machine and go back in time and see a performer perform live, who would you love to go see? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Oh, I don't know. Um, probably, probably Beethoven, I think. Probably uh, just because I mean, there's so many, there's so many great composers, but he's one of those that have always interested me with his passion and with like, I mean, just take Beethoven's Fifth Symphony like three fourths of the way. He he takes the normal motif. And then he switches it and changes it to something kind of newish, like in a different way. I don't know. I don't know what it is. He changes the key or changes the chords. And uh, yeah, and his his life story. I feel like he had a lot of struggle, and and I can relate to 
having to struggle in the music industry and, and pushing your way through. Specifically for jazz more than anything else, why do you love jazz? Well, I, I would also say that I like mainstream jazz mostly. Um, so I think that's what this album kind of shows. I'm, uh, which was like, again, it's like Frank Sinatra, Michael Bublé. It's just like a time, jazz. And so this kind of mainstream jazz is kind of like a, it's, it has a classic feel, you know, it has a classy, classic feel that you can't get in any other genre. And, uh, you know, when you have a, when you're having a fun big band song, there's just, there's nothing else that can really, <laughs> you can't have EDM doing jazz or anything. You know, you can't do, some people try to do marching band jazz, but <laughs> I feel like you can only get it when you get it, if that makes sense. So everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you're the one living your life. Yeah. You have a perception of you. Who do you think you are? Um, I would say I'm a very tenacious, hardworking guy that has a lot of determination. I, I, like I kind of alluded to, I've had to create a lot of my own opportunities. Um, and uh, when I started originally composing, I was somewhat intimidated because I hadn't been composing like some people. Maybe they, that's all they do when they grow up. I hadn't. I, so I felt I was like 22. I think I was. I felt late in the game. And so I was like, well, I, I have ideas that come and they go. I, I don't know if I could do this, you know, big league, but I will try. And, and if I can't naturally do it, you know, I, don't, I have writer's block or something, I'll work as hard as I can to, to make up the difference. And so, um, yeah, that, that's, that's definitely something that's been true this whole time. Richard, thank you for opening up. Thank you for taking time out. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Hollywood, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Richard for his Christmas cheer. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.